Hey, magical world has taken form, where dungeons and dragons are the norm. Our hero is green, and he is short, and he means to win your heart so that he may be adored. Adored. And so we proudly sing. Spritz the goblin, do your thing. Don't mess it up. Today's adventure, Spritz the Goblin in Moosing in Action. It is a beautiful morning in the town of Beefston. Locals emerge from their dwellings, enthusiastically and unenthusiastically ready to begin the day's work. But as the hours pass by, one goblin is content to sleep the entire day away. A little before noon, Spritz, a dashing young goblin, rises from his bed and gives his little arms a stretch. That was delightful. I'm never sleeping on pelts and straw again. Hopping out of bed, he wraps a bathrobe around himself and ties it loosely before his bare feet step down a flight of wooden stairs to the main area of the girded loin tavern and inn. Good morning, world. A different crowd from the night before, unprepared to have a goblin in their midst, rises in alarm. Fortunately, the elf working the bar speaks up. Now everyone calm down. Helmer and I approve of this one. They hesitate, but soon return to their seats. Spritz hops up onto a stool. Uh, thanks for that. Barros nods. I apologize for them. It's alright, I'm used to it. You shouldn't have to be. Spritz smirks. I'm surprised you're so forthcoming. The elf chuckles a bit. My parents were druids. I generally like to give life a chance in all its forms. Spritz leans against the bar and looks around to see if the fiery dwarf from last night is present. So, you and the red guy are a thing, huh? Barros raises a hand to reveal a finger adorned with a silver ring. Three decades of married bliss. How'd that happen? Barros pours Spritz a drink and looks up as he reminisces. Helmer used to work on a trade ship and I needed some passage. We had a lot of free time to talk when he wasn't working and, well, the rest is history. He's really quite sweet once you get to know him. Spritz reminisces on how Helmer wanted to bash his skull in with a stein the night before. I'll, uh, take your word for it. Barros laughs and says, Why don't we get you a little breakfast? Spritz heartily agrees when a human male stomps into the tavern and sits at the bar, his head in his hands. Barros looks to the poor soul and asks, Is everything all right, Zeke? The stressed man looks up to Barros. One of my cows has gone missing, Barros. No blood, no broken fence, just gone. How does a cow just go and disappear without a trace? After events, Zeke becomes aware of the goblin at the bar and points an accusing finger. You! It was you, wasn't it? Barrows tries his best to intervene. Now, Zeke, wait just a moment. I know you're a kind, always taking what doesn't belong to you. Spritz gives the man a dry look and motions to himself. Do I look like I could make off with an entire cow? The man stumbles a bit. Well, I mean, you... Spritz sees an opportunity and interrupts. And as a matter of fact, you're looking at the fellow who returned Ms. Pengrove's cat. A few of the patrons ooh and ah when they learn what he did just the day before. Zeke becomes flustered and looks to Barros for a moment, before turning his attention back to Spritz with a sigh. I'm sorry. Spritz grins widely and says, Don't worry about it, but I'll tell you what. Throw in a reward and I'll help you find your missing cow. Can't be much harder than finding a big cat. Zeke shuffles in his stool a bit. Ain't got much. Some dried meat? A healing potion? That'll do. Let me get some breakfast and we'll start this case. 
After filling up and getting dressed, Spritz accompanies Zeke to his farmstead. Several skittish cows wander in a grassy pen, as Spritz takes a look around to see if the culprit left any clues. Wow, you're right. It is kind of like your cow just disappeared. You piss off a wizard or something? I don't know any magic folk. Spritz rubs his chin as he sits up on the fence, thinking on where to go from there. Huh. If we can't track down the culprit, maybe it'll strike again. Spritz glances over to the nearby woods. The tree's thick and good for cover. I got it. I'll hide out after sundown and see if they return. I'll make a big ruckus and you can run out and scare them off. That might be enough to get him to think twice about stealing any more cows. Zeke looks at the goblin profoundly and replies, That might actually work. But how are you going to spot him in the dead of night? Spritz taps a finger to his temple. Dark vision, baby. With the plan set, Spritz spends much of the day looking around Zeke's farmstead, less out of investigative integrity and more out of curiosity. You see, goblins aren't much for farming or livestock, so to see cows, pigs, and chickens up close and alive is quite the novelty for Spritz. While Zeke finds the little green man's fascination plenty strange, at least he isn't causing any trouble, and the farmer is more or less able to continue his work. Finally, the sun begins to set, and Zeke retires indoors while Spritz climbs up a nearby tree. Perched far up, he's quite difficult to spot, and has a perfect vantage of Zeke's farmstead. Armed with a pot and a ladle, Spritz's watch begins, knowing nothing can pass his keen goblin eyes. A couple hours in, and Spritz falls asleep. A particularly heavy snore is enough to wake Spritz from his slumber, and he sits back up. The goblin rubs his eyes and shakes his head, remembering his duty to Zeke. He looks back down to the farmstead, only to witness an unnaturally tall figure leap the fence and sprint for the barn, barely making a sound. Oh no! Spritz goes to bang his ladle against the pot, when a massive hairy hand reaches out from the branches and grabs him. Before Spritz can face his assailant, he feels a sharp pain against his skull, and everything goes dark. Spritz awakens to a throbbing headache, rubbing the back of his head and wobbly getting to his feet. His vision is blurry at first, but he can tell that wherever he is, it's pitch black. He steps forward, his palm scraping against old, rusted metal. Rubbing his sleeve against his eyes, his vision returns, only for him to discover that he is locked in an iron cage deep within a cavern. The only thing worse than being captured is that Spritz knows exactly what he's been captured by. There's only one type of creature he knows of that can move in complete silence despite their size. Footsteps echo down the cavern as Spritz turns to see two figures approach him, both nearly seven feet tall. Their long-limbed bodies are covered in thick brown hair and adorned in stolen leather armor and other scraps. Their ears are long and pointed, much like Spritz's, though their noses are smushed into their faces and sharp teeth protrude from their lips. As they step in front of the cage, one of their lips spreads out to a sinister, toothy smile. They lean down to Spritz's level, prompting the goblin to let go of the bars and put some distance between them. Welcome, slave, the creature greets, before standing back up with the other. Spritz knows the creatures all too well. They are a close cousin of his own kind. Bugbears. Hello, my name is Adam Rowe, the creator of this audio drama. You can listen to Spritz the Goblin on youtube.com slash adamrowe and wherever podcasts are provided. For updates about Spritz the Goblin, follow me on Twitter at adamrowevo. You can help Spritz the Goblin grow by leaving comments and reviews and sharing it with your friends on social media. You can also support it by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash adamrowevo 
or buy me a coffee at coffee.com slash adamrowe. Patrons get their names featured at the end of my videos and gain access to behind-the-scenes production and tabletop RPG content made by yours truly. Make sure to keep your ears perked for whatever trouble Spritz gets into next.